episode 42, Moon P. Jug and Hobbs. Welcome to the broadcast. Let's meet the players on the show. Welcome, P. Jug. Hey, P. Jug here. <laughs> She's got her Vikings hat on. Obviously, they're not playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, Hobbs is here. Hey, Hobbs. Hi, how are you? Hobbs always has a name tag on. The name tag says Tiffany Norton. Okay. <laughs> now, if you go uh, to see her, do stand up like you're, you're going to be at the house of comedy in a week or two, right? Uh, at the end of the month, February 27th, it's a Sunday show. So, but there won't be any football. And I'm thinking when you go to do, uh, you know, headlining at the house of comedy, you should wear a name tag that says Hobbs. And, and then also we have uh, a guest today. Her name is Kim Shimoda. Kim, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? Pretty darn good. It's strange that Kim should be on the podcast because her daughter is starting a podcast. Uh, her name is Sammy. And she, oh my God, this kid is so smart. Uh, I had no idea that you guys over there had those kind of genes in you. <laughs> <laughs> um, she got it from probably my dad and John. But, <laughs> but yeah, oh. she's, a, she's heavy into science and she has a, a great new podcast about science and wolves and things like that. And so she came over and borrowed my equipment and she said, we're thinking about doing this podcast. I said, well, where are you going to do it? We're going to do it on Spotify. So I flip it on and I'm listening to it. And it sounded like they'd been at it longer than we have. <laughs> right. It sounded smooth. It sounded good. They did good. And when I'm listening to it, I'm learning about wolves. Right. <laughs> I had no idea that I would give two shits about a wolf but by the time i was <laughs> but i'm listening to it and i'm thinking man i'm actually learning something i can guarantee anybody listening to this podcast you're not going to learn squat no <laughs> zero listen to the way uh kim and i met and uh this was oh man it must have been 13 or 14 years ago at least yeah um what happened was uh, P jug and I were looking for houses to buy and we were both from Lakeville, but we were going to combine our families. So instead of her having two kids and me having two kids that lived with me, uh, all of a sudden now we're going to have four, we need a bigger house. Uh, we kind of wanted it centrally located and we start looking for ramblers because, you know, with my MS, I need something on one floor and P jug and I cannot agree on anything as far as what kind of a house we should buy. She would walk in and she'd say, oh my God, this one's so nice. And I'm like, there's a nuclear power plant across the <laughs> <laughs> Right? And so that's the kind of struggles we were having. But when we walked into this house, we both looked at it and we thought, all right, this is it. Perfect. This is the one. Kim listened to KS95 a lot. And she knew that uh, I was looking for a house and there was some rumors that a radio nerd might be moving in on their block. <laughs> and here's the thing that's strange about it too. Paul Allen, the guy that does play-by-play -play for the Minnesota Vikings, he looked at this house before I did. <laughs> really? It was like only radio people want that house. Okay. Is there some kind of a secret room or something mm -hmm. that I don't know about a cave? We were, getting, we were getting a play-by-play -play that these two radio personalities were looking at the house. And there was Team Moon and there was the Team Other Guy. <laughs> yeah. everybody, everybody wanted Paul Allen, not me, team right? Team Other Guy. 
I end up buying the house. I, I don't know if I outbid Paul or if he gave up on it or what happened, but I get the house with P jug. Right. And then Kim says by email through the station email uh, address, Hey, we understand you bought a house on our block and we have an annual Christmas party each year. Would you be interested in, in joining us? And I thought, God, how cool is that? These people don't even know me and they're going to welcome me. And this is awesome and amazing. And so uh, as Christmas approaches, uh, we finally get moved in. I remember the day I moved into this house, it was like December 6th. And I had to ride my motorcycle from my other house to this one. And it was like five degrees, right? And it was so cold. And so I rode my motorcycle over and put it in the garage or whatever. And uh, we're thinking, well, this Christmas party's coming up. Uh, I understand they have a gag gift exchange. And so uh, we're like, well, what are we going to get? And uh, P Jug says, well, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I said, fine. Nice. So life goes on. P Jug forgets to get the gift. Okay. So then you tell the story. Well, I told my friend at the time that I was going to this party. Um, we always work one Wednesday nights together. And she said, I have the, I have the perfect gay gift for you. And so she brought it in and it was a huge dildo, like huge, like black dildo. I brought it home and <laughs> Moon said, wow, do you want to do this? We don't know these people. We just moved in. That's a little embarrassing, which I thought so too. And he said, oh, forget about it. It'll be fine. They'll love it. <laughs> And this one had suction cups on it. Yes. So you could stick it on your windows. It would stick on the sheetrock. <laughs> oh, my God. You put some thought into this. Yeah. Did you want your dad <laughs> gift back? Did you try to win the gift back? No. Yourself, Check yeah. this out. The party has continued for multiple years now, and it keeps making a return. Ah. Every year during the portion <laughs> where you exchange gifts, we know yeah. it's coming. Yeah. It's so the opposite speak. of a white elephant gift. <laughs> it looks exactly the opposite. <laughs> uh, oh my. So anyway, that's how <laughs> our relationship started. And then uh, they have a swimming pool. And so then we go up to the swimming pool in the summertime and we'd have fire pits together, either at one house or the other. Uh, her husband, John and I started smoking cigars together. Uh, he's got a little bit of Nebraska in his blood. And I don't know, it's just been a great block to live on. And we all got to know each other's kids. Uh, you know, every time there was a fundraiser, uh, you know, we'd send our kids over to the neighbor's house and hoping they'd spend at least 25 bucks on this or that. And now our kids are grown. Really, all of your kids are grown and ours are grown too. They are, uh, yeah. Uh, and we just have several kids on the block that are, you know, uh, elementary, high school, middle school, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, but it's a it's a great block that we live on in Lakeville, and and that's how that started. It's been many many years since then. Uh, we've had so many great times together, and it's just been you know my favorite street that I've ever lived on. Now we have a bigger house and no kids, and we'd love to downsize, but the thing about it is we love our neighbors too much. You can't replace the neighbors. You can always replace a house. You can downsize, upsize, whatever you want. We have a park nearby. We're a mile off the freeway. 
I mean, it's just got easy access to everything and all that. When we've left town when our kids were, you know, young adults, I never felt uneasy doing it because the neighbors are like family. Yeah. Uh, your daughter uh, just graduated from Iowa State. I mean, all your kids are, are very smart. Um, you know, Bangs has a son. Uh, we've only met a couple of times. P. Jug's daughter, it's her 30th birthday today. It's also my service dog, Ritz's eighth birthday today. Happy birthday, Ritz. Yeah, sweetheart. Ritz is a working dog. Uh, we've had uh, COVID running rampant. My daughter had it two weeks ago. Our granddaughter currently has it. P. Jug's daughter may have it now. Anybody else got a live case of COVID at their house or anybody in their family? No, no thank goodness. Okay. Is anybody going to have a party for the Super Bowl? No. <laughs> we're not either. We're staying home. I think we're, we're going to have lobster tail. Oh, there you go. Because you can cook. Now you can just spend the money on you instead of buying stuff for like 16 people. Just get <laughs> At Hy-Vee in Lakeville, they have monster lobster tails. Okay, so the game starts at 530. Mm -hmm. When are you going to have the lobster tails? Are you going to wait till 10 o'clock at night? Ooh, Probably no. not. Do we want to eat at 5 in the afternoon? Not really. The Super Bowl halftime show this year, I don't think. I mean, Dr. Dre's there. Snoop's there. I'm shocked you don't want to see this. I want to see it. That's that's what you wait for. I'd okay. rather see the halftime show than the, the game. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody remember who last year did the halftime show? Oh, the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think I do remember it. Yeah, and it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, was, I mean, but but also COVID, also everything else. He didn't have like you know what I mean. He didn't have the crowd going. You know. Mm. So what do you guys think that the best Super Bowl halftime show was in history? Prince. We were at the Super Bowl in Minneapolis where um Justin Oh, who's saying oh Justin Timberlake. Yeah, that was good. I'm sure it wasn't top ten or anything, but it was fun. The thing that I like best about, you know, Prince's performance during the half times of the Super Bowl was that he spent about half of it playing Foo Fighters. He's supposed to be playing his own stuff. He didn't he played Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. He played all kinds of stuff. But that's Prince, though. You know what I mean? And think about every band. I went to go to the Winter Carnival in downtown St. Paul last weekend. And there's this band. And these guys look like, you know, an updated version of the Allman Brothers. There was so much beautiful <laughs> hair. And these young guys are, like, in their 20s. And they're singing, like, Aerosmith and all this stuff. And they came out with some Purple Rain. And it was really good. Like, even, I mean, everybody covers Prince. So, I like it when I, I've seen Prince, I saw him at least three times in concert and he always spent, spent a fair amount of time playing other artists and playing with the idea of that song, which I always just thought was cool. But. And for me, the thing that was sad was I was never a huge Prince fan because when you're on the air, uh, you know, doing a show, we played his song so much. Yeah. I got sick of everything Prince. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. I mean, it was just overplayed to death. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you get to where you want to tune it away. Somebody talked me into going to a sea prince at the Excel. And I can tell you this without a doubt, it was one of my top three concerts ever. And I've seen hundreds of concerts. Mm -hmm. We have uh, tickets to Foo Fighters coming up in August. Okay. So at us bank stadium, first of all, 
I'm thinking the sound is going to be horrible. Do I want to go in the first place? Uh, many people, uh, I've only been to one show there and we, we couldn't understand a word that Garth Brooks said in like 90 minutes. And then, uh, you know, we have tickets to see Brian Regan at Mystic Lake and, you know, COVID has not gone away. If you look at the COVID numbers every day, you know, you're going to find that we are still at the peak of what the pandemic ever was. And there's more deaths but the numbers are starting to come down. That's all it is. They're coming down, but this thing is not over. Uh, and so I'm thinking, do I want to sell my Brian Regan tickets on the podcast? Do I want to sell my uh, Food Fighters tickets on the podcast? And I still have my uh, microphones uh, that we didn't sell from last week. Okay. So I want to buy some microphones for a podcast. Sammy wants to buy some microphones for her. There podcast. we go, Moon. There you go. <laughs> Finally, oh my God, that would be amazing. He's been talking about these microphones for six months. Podcasts are fun to do. I mean, you know, you just sit around and talk with your friends about whatever. And that's um, literally what we do. Like you thought Seinfeld was a show about nothing. This is, <laughs> this is, this is a show about absolutely nothing. Wanted to talk about Super Bowl. P Jug, who's going to win? The Rams. Hobbs. I'm going to pick the Rams, but I want it to be the Bengals. So, Kim? Probably the Rams, but we're rooting for the Bengals. I'm putting uh, 20 bucks on the Rams minus four and a half points. Okay. I want to go to Vegas sometime. I loved betting on football in Vegas because you could go and watch football. Every single game was on at the exact same time. They had screens for all of them. Now they've got that beautiful stadium out there. You know what I really was a little concerned about, uh, besides the whole COVID super spreader thing at the Super Bowl, we haven't had any kind of a major security breach at a Super Bowl. Oh, God, you, don't put that into the universe either. Well, do, you, do you remember how we always used to worry about somebody going crazy at a Super Bowl, right? Not really. I never worried about it. I wasn't yeah. worried about it at all. It's going to be one guy against 70,000 people. Like the streaking, right? The streaking thing. Yeah. Oh, oh well, the streaking. I live for streaking. I, <laughs> hate I love the streaking. Look up uh, Houston Super Bowl streaker on Google. Oh, I've seen him. I was at that Super Bowl in Houston. And let me tell you about another thing uh, about a Houstonian. And the Super Bowl, a guy who sells mattresses, his name is Jim McInvale. He's known as Mattress Mac. I know this guy personally because he and I used to do a lot of promotional uh, bits together. And here's what he does. He just made a $4.5 million bet on Cincinnati mm -hmm. to win uh, the Super Bowl. And in Texas, you can't bet. So he had to drive across the state line to Louisiana. And then he had to call Caesar's Palace and make a series of $200,000 bets. This will be the Are largest. Are you calling out your buddy on a podcast? Dude, like, don't <laughs> put out his system like that. Haven't you watched Ozark? Like, you're the weak link, man. He's trying to. <laughs> exactly. He's trying to number this thing. You'll be able to see about his bet. And listen to the way this guy does this. And he's done it for 
World Series games, for NHL Stanley Cup games, uh, NASCAR events. What he does is he bets these huge bets, and then he'll say on radio advertising, if you come to my store, Gallery Furniture, and you spend $3,000 and Cincinnati wins, you get your $3,000 back. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that's brilliant. So he kind of self-funds his own promotion. Yeah, and he wins. And it's 50-50 whether a team wins or doesn't win. That's right. And check this out. Yeah, to getting free furniture. That's not a bad, that's a good hustle. When you look it up, okay, if he pits four and a half uh, million down on the Bengals and they win with the odds, it, I believe, would be the largest payout that ever happened on a Super Bowl game, which would be around $36 million. He just did this with the Astros in the uh, World Series. All right. I mean, the guy's brilliant. Anyway, so let's move on past that because we're heavily involved in a new show uh, that we've never seen before. It's called Succession. It's not new, but it's new to us. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it, Hobbs? I have. I've seen all of it. And? I really like it. I mean, they're horrible people. That's the thing. Like you, they really are. Like you just are like, I can't believe I'm this invested and these are terrible people, but man, the writing is just savage. It's the writing is really good. And even though you kind of hate these people because they're so wealthy, you also see them get their hands slapped constantly by the old Uh man and just shortchanged. And yeah. P jug, you like it? I do like it. Yeah. You know, for us, if you can get on a one to 10 and eight, that's pretty strong. What did you give Ozark P jug? A a nine for sure. I saw the first half of uh, season four. I'd give it, I'd give it an eight. It's, it feels a little bit like it's breaking bad, except the wife is more out in front. It's basically kind of the formula. It feels like, and then the kids are in on it. And then Kim, have you seen succession? We have Uh, watched the first two or three of them. And you like? I don't love it, but I'm hoping the more we get into it, the more you like it. Yeah, that's kind of the way we're looking at it too. Yeah, that's that's how we've been feeling too. We don't and know that we love it, but we keep going. I don't really love love a show unless I love the characters, and you can't love the characters when they're really shitty. Sorry, bad people. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. In the way back in the day with Breaking Bad, it took me at least a season to get into it, and then when we got into it, it couldn't stop. Do you guys watch shows together all the time or just some of the time, Kim? Well, in the evenings, of course, we watch together. Um, this is going to sound really weird. I just started watching Downton Abbey. <laughs> okay. And I love it. So I like in the, in the, some days when I don't feel like do anything or going anywhere, I sit here and watch Downton Abbey and he would never watch that. So yes, we watch separately and together both. We started watching um, Pam and Tommy. Oh, it's really good. Have you is seen it? it yet, PJ? No. Is it good? Okay. They have, like, there is full male frontal <laughs> of, of Tommy. It's not just Pam. It's Tommy, too. So just be aware of that. Uh, but I don't think that's really Tommy. I mean, well, no, it's an actor. But, I mean, <laughs> no, no, it's, but it's not really Pam. But, no, well, no, at, least in that, at least in that one scene, for sure. It's a prosthetic, pretty sure. I've not seen a prosthetic that looked quite that good, but you know, they got CGI. Yeah. Plus it talks. So, you know, well, that's what I'm saying in that one (laughs) scene, obviously it's, yeah, you gotta, but uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of dong. Tommy Lee had an enormous penis. I mean, it was huge. 
Yeah. Well, and that's if, just if he and I stood right next to each other. <laughs> You're like looking in a mirror, right, Moon? Brother by another mother. That's why they call him yeah. Moon Man. It goes from here to the outer world, you know? Oh, God. I, I wanted to start it, but I wanted to finish what we're watching first because I'm still trying to finish Vikings, for God's sakes. Oh, my God. Can you believe I'm watching that? Watching for like four years. <laughs> I know. Oh my yeah. God. There's 90 episodes. Holy okay. God. You know what's really amazing is the 1883. Is that good? It's amazing. It's really good. And we love Yellowstone, which is also really good. This is better. Here's the thing about me because I have a disability, uh, I don't leave my house almost ever. And when I do, it's generally uh, for some kind of a surgical procedure or something. Right. So I stay at home and I watch a ton of television. Hobbs, uh, you and uh, Brian, do you watch a show together or no? We are waiting through because he uh, works in martial arts and trains in martial arts. I thought he really needed to see Game of Thrones and he never had HBO. So he should watch Cobra Kai if he's at martial arts. Dude. Oh, he already has. He's already he, he binge watched it when it came out. He binge watched the whole thing. He totally loves Cobra Kai. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and P-Jug, she doesn't have enough time, really, uh, because she's invested in a couple of other shows. She likes uh, Twin Cities Live. She watches General Hospital. General Hospital has every awesome soap opera star from every soap opera all on it right now. I like know. It's, the, the cast is insane because I'm like, wait, you weren't on this show. You were on, oh, my God, you were on Guiding Light. Kim has a health-related issue that we'll touch on here for a second that keeps her at home, and she probably has a little extra time to watch stuff. Uh, she's been uh, going for infusions, which take a while, and then, you know, you have to kind of mellow out at home after the infusions. Tell us what's going on with you, because uh, this started about a year ago. February 24th last year, I was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. That was a huge surprise immediately i just said we're just going to fight as best we can i have just completed my 22nd chemo treatment and i'm not sure exactly where we are i had a ct scan about three months ago and my tumors had shrunk by half um but right now my my tumor markers are kind of edging up a little bit so i'm hoping that they're still shrinking don't know won't know for like a month but yeah the, the chemo i think it builds up in your system i have a good week of where I'm so tired that I don't want to do anything. And then I'll have like a week where I'm good. Mm -hmm. Well, I remembered, you know, John was coming over to smoke a cigar one night. God, it was so cold out, out of the corner of my eye, a glimpse and I see a shadow outside my window when it's minus 25. Uh, her husband comes over with the stogie and I said, you know, Hey, what are you doing? Well, we just got back from Florida. We've been, here and there and everybody's busy but kim hadn't been feeling so good but we're trying to get to the bottom of it and one week later there's a carrying bridge site or yeah. a carrying bridge post and i'm thinking holy shit right and and now we've been keeping track on carrying bridge which by the way i think is a fantastic website what a great idea mm -hmm. i mean i wish i would have thought of that you know uh, my family has had many a post on that thing. I think it's a brilliant uh, way for people to connect and keep updated. 
So you had all these plans in your life. Your daughter had a wedding, uh, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, how am I going to feel that day? Because with chemo, you just kind of don't know all that much. Um, luckily, I have an oncologist who believes in quality of life. It's, it's just a really weird situation to be in. I diagnosed February 24th, started chemo mid-May or mid-March, I'm sorry. And it's a really hard chemo. Um, it's one of the toughest that you can take. I was basically in a wheelchair if we had to go anywhere for a couple of months. And it wasn't the cancer, it was the chemo. But the chemo has to hit it hard to start out with. Um, we went on a family vacation to our place. We have a place in Florida. And we brought a whole bunch of paperwork just in case something happened. I had to go to the hospital. And I started looking through it. And it's that's a mistake. <laughs> and, I, you know, in the paperwork, it said, you know, life expectancy, 12 months. That made me really sad for a couple of days. But then in my head, I'm like, well, you know, that's probably the average. Because I'm like, is this the average? Is, is this what they expect of me? And then in my head, you just have to work it out. I'm like, well, this is probably the average. And I'm younger, a little younger than the most people who are diagnosed. And I had no other health conditions besides cancer. So, you know, working out in my head in a couple of days, and then I'm back to myself where I'm going to be really positive. And I'm like, you know, I can do better than that. Pancreatic cancer is really sucks because there's not a lot of indications that you might have it. Most people are diagnosed at stage four. And... Life expectancy is an average of 12 months. Um, 3% of the people who are diagnosed at stage four make it five years. But you just have to have a positive attitude. And so, like, I really think I can do better than five years. And, you know, after five years, maybe there's a lot of new things that will come out. And, you know, um, you can't live your life being sad about it. You have to have hope and, and have fun. So Kim goes to the oncology place. Turns out the the nurse that is helping her or the medical professional that's helping her let's just call it that is our neighbor right across <laughs> the street yeah right <laughs> it's awesome. like well, wait a minute uh, i don't even have to come to the clinic you can just walk across <laughs> the street i'm right here which is awesome and she is an amazing person technically she's not my my main person just because it's too hard for her to yeah. have friends and family who, but she's always there. If I have a question, I have a concern, I can just text her. I don't have to call the doctor's office. I'm really lucky to have that. And you know, as time has gone on, I don't need I don't need that as much. And and actually, because my my general health is much better than I was mm -hmm. even before I was diagnosed. That's really interesting. Uh, what you said, though, I had no idea. So most people aren't diagnosed until it's stage four. My dad had it. My dad died when I was four, but they did genetic testing and they said that I did not get it from him, Okay, which, which I don't believe. And, and actually, even the genetic counselor that I talked to said that there are, there's 20,000 genes in your body and they literally test you for 43 for this cancer. So somewhere in there, there's got to be something that linked it. There's only so much they know. Basically, they're, they're, they were testing me for this BRCA gene which a lot of people who have breast cancer, like Angelina Jolie, had the BRCA gene. Mm -hmm. And so that's why she had both breasts removed and replaced. Same gene for pancreatic cancer. Um, if I had that gene, it would probably make a really big difference in 
how I was treated and how like my life expectancy might be. People who are, like who have a breast cancer in their family mm-hmm. can can go get tested for this BRCA gene. We worked for the Komen Foundation for a long time for the race for the cure. And did you know that when we started doing that, uh, you know, survival rates were very low. Mm-hmm. And now it's incredible. It's well over 90%. Wow. I'm going to tell a story. Okay. And I'm not going to name any names, but I'll tell it anyway. I made friends with a researcher and this research doctor was working on cancer. And this was probably 12 to 13 years ago. This doctor told me off the record that one night in a lab, he and another researcher saw something on a cell and they couldn't believe what they saw. And they went forward with a plan to try and correct the cell cellular damage, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it was a cancer cell. Okay. Here's what they came up with. It was not a cure for cancer. But as they treated it, they found out that it pretty much eliminated autoimmune disorders like MS, like breast cancer, like Crohn's disease. All of those things were being researched by this doctor, okay? Not naming names. But, and, and I told him, I said, why don't you go to the newspaper with this? And he goes, I'll tell you why. At that point, desert storm had just kicked off right when we were just going into uh, in the Middle East. All of the research dollars that had been spent doing research on his clinical trial, that money was taken away because they needed it for U.S. defense. This thing got through. The first clinical trial, it was 33 people. Of those 33 with these autoimmune disorders, like 30 of them were 100% cured. The money never came back. The research has never been finished. Uh, It's almost like somebody doesn't want it to be cured. Okay. Now, you know, normally we don't get into the conspiracy end of podcasts, but, but that seems like something that could get funded if with private funding. I mean, I think you could get enough, you could get enough groups together that would w- want the answer to that. Say you're Jeff Bezos and you have somebody in your family with an autoimmune disorder because right. almost every family does. Yeah. Right. If you look far enough down the family tree, everybody's got their genetic dingalings. Right? <laughs> okay. Let's not talk about, we talked about Tommy Lee. It's been almost, it's, it's, we're 57 minutes. At a... <laughs> and one thing I don't understand is that um, on June 9th, there's a new drug that came out. The drug is approved for small cell lung cancer people. But 95% of the people who have pancreatic cancer have that exact same gene, but it's not approved for us. So well, do, you, do you think some of it is the FDA being so busy just trying to get, and, this, and the CDC and everybody trying to get this vaccine through? I mean, I bet a lot of stuff did get tabled because of that. I'm sure. When I talked to my doctor about it, I'm like, hey, you know, look at this drug. And, and, and this, we, I have this gene. And she's like, I can't give it to you. It's not approved for pancreatic cancer. I mean, anything it could help. I mean, I'd still do the chemotherapy, I'm sure. But this drug that maybe would target the gene that's one of the ones that gives you the cancer. Are there it, doctors in other countries 
that might allow you to have it. I don't know. Maybe we should look into that. Many years ago, we had a family member get cancer who lived in Nevada and she was expected to live 30 to 60 days. She went down to Mexico and she went to this, you know, what we would consider some backyard doctor who had like a, a practice that had like goats in the other room. <laughs> I mean, it was not like a nice place. This clinic was not that. But this guy had a way of treating her. And that was 30 years ago. And they had given her 30 days. They think they started with the whole Laetrile thing. And then they did other things that the U.S. would not allow. I believe that if you are willing to sign paperwork stating that, hey, I'm not going to sue you. I feel that this is my best chance. Please give it to me. I think that ought to be good enough. Well, when I first got this, I, I, I joined four different Facebook groups with people who have pancreatic cancer. Three out of the four are family and patients. One is patients only. I've dropped the three that are our family plus patients because half of it's memorials. It's too depressing. You know, like, like right now, I mean, we might, and, and I don't know you, I totally make fun of the people who are taking this horse dewormer for the COVID. Yeah. There are people out there in the pancreatic cancer world who are taking a dog dewormer for their pancreatic cancer. Is that called ivermectin? No, it's fen- fenbenazol. I always wondered, you know, why people would think, if I took an animal dewormer, that'll help me. Yeah, why? I don't get it. But we're also a people that used to put leeches on others to heal them. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's always yeah. a certain amount of like, well, this is something we know. Right. right. Yeah. Well, and if you're desperate enough, you know, sure. you'll do anything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think a lot of the cancer research in the U.S. is very, very good. I mean, of course, Mayo's right down the block. The MD Anderson Cancer Center down in Houston was world renowned here in Minnesota. We have some of the best medical care in the world. And I think, you know, just because it doesn't have the Mayo name on it, doesn't mean you don't have a fantastic doctor. There have been times that I went to Mayo and I'm like, wow, I should have came here a decade ago because they made that big of a difference in my life. I've also went down there and met with doctors that I wanted to put my knee up their balls, (laughs) right? Because, because they were just for their reflexes or (laughs) it's like, turn your head and cough. Yep. I've met doctors at Mayo that just, they just made me feel terrible about everything. Mm. Right. They treated me like I was a piece of meat. And, you know, there are doctors out there that have a great bedside manner. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, I guess, what do you want a doctor with great bedside manner or great luck in treating patients. Um, some of them, every once in a while, you're lucky enough to get a doctor that has both, right? They make you feel better. They give you hope. They give you the right treatments. They guide you down the right path. Starkly surprising statistics with pancreatic cancer. And yet this puts the, the one-year thing into perspective. 25% of the people who are diagnosed with pancreatic cancer die within a month. So when you take that, and they're probably really old people who were already sick with other things, but when you take that 25% out, it lengthens the 
the life expectancy you would think for people who are generally healthy. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with my doctor, I don't know, two weeks ago. And I said, you know, I got on Google, which I should never do. And I said, uh, what is the life expectancy difference between somebody who is healthy and someone who has MS and a male specifically? And he said, seven years less. So my life expect expectancy gives me five years from today. And, you know, that's so what statistic. I'm, that's, and I think that's the point. Let's not, let's not buy into statistics and say, that's just like going to the Renaissance Fe festival and giving $50 to a lady to read your poems. <laughs> if you believe it though, but if you believe it, it can become your reality. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they, you know, I read this and I think it's, you know, worry is a form of prayer that attracts to you what you do not want. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, totally expect to be here in five years and I hope to yeah. be here in I hope to be here in 10 to 15 years and, right. and and it happens and why can't I be one of those people I can be that person yeah for yeah. sure yes indeed you can my mom passed away a few years ago I totally thought I would be here in her shoes because she passed away 11 days away from being 100 years old wow that's awesome her mom passed away at 97 her sisters passed away in their 90s I'm like, look at me with these awesome jeans. You know, I'm going <laughs> to be here forever, you know, for a long time. And, you know, so maybe we might cut that in half and maybe I won't be a 90. <laughs> but, I'm, you know, I can't beat this. It'll always be there. But I can live a decent life and I can, I always had, you know, I always had a happy life. And I can be here longer than most of them think. Well, and your support system is really strong. It really is. Yeah. And that, that's what uh, makes all the difference in the world for me is, you know, I have so many friends, uh, you know, there's a song called lucky man. It's by a band called Montgomery Gentry. And that song is pretty much my life. If you uh, take out the word bangles and put in Huskers, it <laughs> is my life. You look at what's out there and you forget about what you already have. Right. And you wish that you had all of these different things that everybody else has, but in reality, you, you might have it better than most. Yep. And so, I mean, gratitude, Hey, it's easy to set aside. I always used to say when I used to speak at AA meetings, okay, if I'm walking down the street and on one side of the sidewalk, there's a beautiful flower garden. And on the other side of the sidewalk, there's a big pile of dog shit. I can tell you which one I'm going to look at. <laughs> I'm going to look at the dog shit every time. <laughs> right? Right. And why, why do I do that? There's a beautiful flower garden right there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? But that's, I guess, I don't know if it's human nature at times, but uh -huh. I yeah, don't know. I think it is. Well, Kim, you know, we are praying for you. We're pulling for you. We're on Team Kim. Awesome. Uh, have been since day yeah. one. Thank you. And, you know, I, I really appreciate everything you guys have done for me and all of our friends and neighbors and family have been amazing for me. Immediately, as soon as everybody found out, they're like, okay, we're going to put together a list and we're going to start cooking. <laughs> Everybody's going to cook a meal here or there. We're going to drive her here or there. We're going to do this. We're going to do yeah. that. It was amazing. It was just totally amazing. It's so funny because when you talk about the meals, my husband would be like, Oh my God, we have too many, too much food. <laughs> People stop. So yeah. There's your Minnesota nice. Exactly. How about that? 
All right. Well, uh, Hobbs, anything you need to promote or plug? Oh, well, I will again be at the House of Comedy on Sunday, February 27th. If you'd like to come down. I would love to come. Woohoo. P Jug, anything you want to plug? I'm just going to plug Kim. Team Kim. We and love you. Me. If there's anything we can do for you, we're right here. I love you guys too. And you've got this. I'm, you do. Yeah. I, You're I, my hero. Uh, thank you. I'm just really happy coming up on my one year anniversary and feeling healthier than I did a year ago. Nice. And a lot of that could be helped by the medical cannabis, correct? Um, I've really cut back on that. I really needed it when I was losing weight because I lost 50 pounds and it was in a, like where I couldn't stop losing, got the medical cannabis. Um, it really helped me with appetite a lot. So now I only take it when I go to bed and it helps me sleep. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. But yeah, no, really I think, good. I think it really did help. And, and, and then as I got healthier, they've cut back on the amount of chemo getting, which also helps with the appetite. So now I'm trying to, now I'm to the point where I've gained back almost half. And I'm like, I liked it better when I was a little bit thinner. (laughs) 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 So yeah. So I'm like, so now I'm like, I'm to the point where maybe I just can't eat anything I want anymore, but. Oh, and uh, somebody told me you just got a bidet. (laughs) Yes, we did. Can you explain the bidet? um, John bought me that for Christmas. Okay. And and I have not used that part of it yet, but the the heated toilet seat is nice. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, let me tell you, I have a Smart Bidet 3000. Oh. And it is wonderful. I have a heated seat. I have different water pressures. I can safely say that I am a bidet guy 100%. <laughs> it kind of freaks me out, so I got to kind of ease myself into that one. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's what we can uh, have on the podcast next week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a, a, a bidet review. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Okay. So listen in next week. Uh, I have no idea what's going to be happening. It'll be probably more of this. Yep. If you're uh, able to tolerate this one, you should <laughs> be able to make it through the next one. Uh, Moon, P. Jug and Hop. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, yeah, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Let's put this show out of its misery. <laughs>